You can save 15% or more at Amazon when you pay with Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash. Just go to purse.bogosity.tv. You can set your own discount. 5% gets you fastest delivery, or you can set it to 30% or more if you're not in a hurry. Purse makes it so easy to save money at Amazon by buying with crypto. Just go to purse.bogosity.tv and start saving now. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of March 22nd, 2020. The podcast that's the only part of a broken heart you could ever save. This is your host, Shane Killian. Before we get started, next week is the fifth weekend in the month, and that means no podcast. And if you're thinking it seems like there's going to be a lot of them this year, there are actually five, which is one more than we usually get. But one of them is Thanksgiving weekend, which we take off anyway. So overall, it'll mean about the same number of podcasts this year. So this week, we're going to focus on news and information about the NCOV 2019 strain of coronavirus, also known as COVID-19, also also known as SARS-CoV-2, which has already claimed over 10,000 lives worldwide. You know what? I'm not going to introduce it. By now, you all know what it is, even if you didn't hear the podcast back in February when I first covered the basics, so I won't patronize you by introducing it. We'll just go into the news. I want to start off covering the government's reaction to it and how a lot of it is really more of a panic than it needs to be. Back in February, I pointed out that, yes, there's death and illness from an epidemic, but there's also consequences to the things people and especially governments do to prevent them. And here in the U.S., so far we've seen massive job losses, small businesses have been shuttered possibly forever, and there's even been a crash in financial markets, including cryptocurrencies as well as gold and silver. One of the things that can cause more harm than good is curfews. A virus doesn't care what time of day you pass it on to others. All a curfew does is concentrate more people during the times of day when people can go out. But New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy has strongly suggested, whatever that means, a statewide 8 to 5 curfew, except for emergencies and essential travel, whatever that means. In the six counties that comprise the San Francisco Bay Area, they're only permitted to leave their homes, quote, to provide or receive certain essential services or engage in certain essential activities and work for essential business or government services, with anyone who violates it considered an immediate menace to public health. Bill de Blasio said they were considering that in New York as well. Of course, we're all aware of the shortages of certain goods like toilet paper, but shutting things down will only make more shortages. And especially in places like New York, where apartments just aren't big enough to handle stockpiles of goods. But the big problem is, as we're already seeing in Italy, people just don't like being confined for long. Okay, for some of us, being at home on the internet all day won't be much of a change, but for others it can really be stressful. So they do whatever they can to escape the quarantine, and the result can actually be worse than if there were no quarantine at all. And there's an even bigger issue. When is it over? What criteria are they going to use to say, Okay, we're no longer going to tell you what to do with your life. As Milton Friedman said, Nothing is more permanent than a temporary government program. And even if the curfew is lifted in a reasonable time this time, how much easier is it going to be for them to institute another one for the least little problem that rears its head? Sure, stay in your home as much as you can. 
avoid contact with others, and wash your hands and use hand sanitizer. Do all the normal things you do during flu season, but don't panic over it and don't let the politicians panic you. If you're tired of these promos, regular supporters get the podcast early and ad-free. Just go to donate.bogosity.tv and sign up for Patreon or Subscribestar at any level. Ads are annoying, but ad blockers prevent publishers from making money. What if you could support your favorite websites, YouTube creators, Twitch streamers, social accounts, and many more ad-free and without paying anything, and even make some money yourself? It's not a pipe dream, it's airtime. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and get the browser extension and you'll earn cryptocurrency for the sites you visit, and so will the publisher. This is not a crypto miner. You and the publisher will both get part of the reward from current miners of the BitTube cryptocurrency, with no middleman taking a cut. Even if the publisher hasn't signed up yet, his tube will be put into a dedicated wallet that he can claim upon sign-up. You can also use your tube to tip publishers and even purchase products. Airtime monetizes users and publishers with no ads or crypto miners. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and start making money now. Of course, it wouldn't be as bad as it is if it weren't for the roadblocks government puts in the place of new treatments. For our own safety, you know. And this was covered in, of all places, a New York Times article about infectious disease expert Dr. Helen Y. Chu, who, as far back as January, had collected a lot of samples as part of her research and wanted to test them for coronavirus. The CDC told her team that they couldn't do the testing because their lab test wasn't approved by the FDA. So they asked for approval, but they said they couldn't approve the test because her lab wasn't certified. And getting her Seattle-based lab certified could take months. As the Times reports, Nearly everywhere Dr. Chu turned, officials repeatedly rejected the idea. Interviews and emails show, even as weeks crawled by and outbreaks emerged in countries outside of China, where the infection began. So Chu decided to be a rebel and do the testing anyway, and confirmed COVID-19 in a teenager with no recent travel experience. According to Chu, she thought, It must have been here this entire time. It's just everywhere already. Meanwhile, the test kits the CDC sent out ended up being extremely flawed, missing a lot of coronavirus patients due to false negatives. The article said, and remember, this is the New York Times, But the Seattle flu study illustrates how existing regulations and red tape, sometimes designed to protect privacy and health, have impeded the rapid rollout of testing nationally, while other countries ramped up much earlier and faster. Faced with a public health emergency on a scale potentially not seen in a century, the United States has not responded nimbly. There's also the classic misallocation of resources we see with central management. The Times points out that states such as Maine, Missouri, and Michigan had plenty of testing kits even though they had hardly any cases, whereas harder-hit states experienced shortages. They report that as of the article's publication on March 10th, Approximately 8,500 specimens or no swabs have been taken since the beginning of the outbreak, a figure that is almost certainly larger than the number of people tested since one person can have multiple swabs. 
By comparison, South Korea, which discovered its first case around the same time as the United States, has reported having the capacity to test roughly 10,000 people a day since late February. And Reuters reported, By the end of February, South Korea was making headlines around the world for its drive through screening centers and ability to test thousands of people daily. South Korea's swift action stands in stark contrast to what has transpired in the United States. The United States, whose first case was detected the same day as South Korea's, is not even close to meeting demand for testing. As a result, U.S. officials don't fully grasp how many Americans have been infected and where they are concentrated, crucial to containment efforts. It didn't happen because South Korea has more government bureaucracy. It happened because they have less. Fewer regulations means fewer bureaucrats wanting to cover their own keisters if they happen to let out a slightly dangerous treatment. Reuters said it plainly. The administration of President Donald Trump was tripped up by government rules and conventions, former officials and public health experts say. They go on to emphasize that South Korea managed it by relying on the private sector. They reported, South Korea took a risk, releasing briskly vetted tests, then circling back later to spot-check their effectiveness. By contrast, the United States FDA said it wanted to ensure up front that the tests were accurate before they went out to millions of Americans. And South Korea took that risk because they had screwed up their MERS outbreak years earlier. South Korea learned from its screw-ups that it should stop relying on bureaucracy and rely more on private sector innovation. When will we? Scott Becker, chief executive of the Association of Public Health Laboratories, said to Reuters, The entire lab community was really coming unglued. We knew we could develop tests and we were very capable of doing that, but we felt hamstrung. He had sent a statement to the FDA saying, We are now many weeks into the response with still no diagnostic or surveillance test available outside of CDC for the vast majority of our member laboratories. The FDA had responded to Reuters, We cannot compromise on the quality of the tests because what would be worse than no tests at all is wildly inaccurate test results. Hello! That's what we have now from the CDC! Meanwhile, the South Korean testing companies say they're ready to roll in the U.S. They just have to wait for the go-ahead from the FDA. If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government sensors. It's essential in this day and age. So go to vpn.pagosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world. And they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home, and don't worry about what those other governments are doing. Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pagosity.tv. And yet, everyone is still bowing to the holy government to save them, even though they've only botched it up. 
and psychopathic politicians never give up the opportunity to use dead bodies to make hay for their own personal agenda, no matter how irrelevant it is. Bernie Sanders, for example, said that we would have been better prepared with Medicare for All. I always ask this question and can never seem to get an answer. How can a problem caused by government intervention be fixed with more government intervention? But the fact is, Sanders' claim fails on the face of it. According to Worldometers.info, the U.S. is actually doing relatively well with coronavirus compared to European countries with single-payer and other forms of socialized health care. In terms of per million population, the USA's figure of 54 is just behind the UK's figure of 59, and above that you have Finland, Portugal with 100, Ireland, Sweden, the Netherlands, France, Belgium, Denmark, and now we're over 200, Germany, Norway with 355, Spain with 437, Switzerland 625, Italy 778, and Iceland with 1199. And more people have died from it in France, Spain, and Italy, even though the U.S. has a lot more people. And per capita, we're still behind the U.K., the Netherlands, and many others. Proposals from other politicians have been less extreme, but they've still included things like a permanent mandate for paid sick leave, including those, quote, resulting from domestic violence, sexual assault, or stalking, which have nothing to do with infectious diseases. There's a bipartisan push to send every American $1,000, which wouldn't be so bad now if they give everyone back the rest of the money they stole from us. Of course, Trump is opening his idiot mouth and saying that the wall with Mexico is one of the reasons our infection numbers are so low. A wall that doesn't even exist yet! Not to mention that none of the infected people so far came into this country via the U.S.-Mexico border. Josh Hawley is using this as a case for more trade barriers with China, even though COVID-19 won't survive the voyage over. In fact, it can't survive on inanimate objects for more than a few hours. And Tom Cotton swears that China will pay for releasing this infection on the world, even though he didn't say how. Economically speaking, it's the Federal Reserve that's the cure for all ills. Even though it tried to fix the financial market by injecting $1.5 trillion, and it was swallowed up immediately with no real improvement seen. But like a homeopath, I guess they'll claim they prevented it from getting worse than it already is. We live in a world where light bulbs connect to the internet, and recent attacks on them prove that your online security is under threat like never before. Not only your websites, but the internet-enabled devices you buy. And the biggest problem is weak passwords. That's why you need LastPass. LastPass allows you to randomly generate strong, unique passwords on the web and on your internet-enabled devices, all protected by one master password. LastPass sets up in minutes and gives you secure automatic logins throughout the web, synchronizing across all your browsers, all your computers, and even your mobile devices, at home, at work, or on the road. It even securely stores sensitive form data, including credit card numbers, backup sensitive documents, software licenses, Wi-Fi logins, and more. And with LastPass Premium, you can get these benefits on other applications, manage passwords for your entire family, and also get priority customer support. Sign up at password.bogosity.tv for a free month of LastPass Premium.
Log in securely everywhere using the last password you'll ever have to remember. Go to password.bogosity.tv and get LastPass now. So with all of this, you have people who are doing everything they can to get around these government-imposed limitations. Case in point, a group of Italian volunteers started 3D printing Venturi oxygen mask valves used to regulate precise amounts of oxygen to patients. They're in short supply with COVID-19 ravaging Italy, so this provided much-needed supply. The team acknowledged that it would be better to get the valves directly from Intersurgical, the device maker, since they're of superior quality, but that these would serve as an acceptable substitute. One problem was that the company wouldn't give them the plans for it, so they had to measure the valves and create the 3D files themselves. According to Intersurgical's managing director, Charles Bellum, quote, We were contacted at the end of last week for manufacturing details of a valve accessory, but could not supply these due to medical manufacturing regulations. Also disturbing is the fact that what they're doing counts as IP infringement and is basically piracy, although Bellum says they're electing not to sue anyone involved. How nice of them. Okay, I probably shouldn't be snarky. Intersurgical is doing their best, and they've been providing their valves free of charge during the crisis, and they seem to be glad this group is coming up with free substitutes. But the fact is, you have a shortage caused by government, which was countered by people acting on their own who were technically breaking the law. So why is government the solution again? As far as treatments for coronavirus are concerned, it looks like we might have to look to places other than the U.S., since the FDA is stalling testing on the antiviral remdesivir, even though it's already demonstrated efficacy in treating COVID-19. In fact, from what I could tell from my research, if the FDA does end up approving it, it'll be the first broad-spectrum antiviral they've ever approved. Back in January... The first confirmed COVID-19 patient in the U.S. was allowed to get it under the compassionate use rule that so many lefties had the ceiling about when it passed. His condition improved dramatically within a day, and he ended up being discharged. It also successfully treated the first Italian COVID-19 patient. Although the numbers are small right now, clinical testing is progressing. In China... There is a single clinical trial progressing in the U.S., however, and it was previously tested for patients with Ebola, SARS, and MERS. It's still in the recruitment stage, but there's an estimated 394 participants, and hopefully the study can be completed in April. The U.S. is also finally allowing the anti-malaria treatment hydroxychloroquine to be tested. Preliminary testing in China completed in February, and chloroquine has been recommended by China, South Korea, and Italy for treatment of COVID-19, with the possible exception of heart disease and diabetes patients who could have contraindications. Hydroxychloroquine has been shown to be more potent and safer. It was finally approved by the FDA for testing on Thursday. Then there's favilavir, the first approved coronavirus drug in China. So far, it's been shown to be safe and effective, although it's only been tested in 80 subjects. Japan is also undergoing testing. The thing is, favilavir was shown to be safe by FDA standards years ago for other viral treatments and effective in fighting influenza, Ebola, Hantavirus, West Nile, and many others. But COVID-19? Oh, we gotta wait on this! I mean, the question is, what's the big deal about people wanting to test them? 
They say the government has to make sure drugs are fully tested before people are allowed to take them. That's bad enough. But why should government continually get in the way of actually doing the tests to begin with? Now, it's going to take a bit longer to develop a vaccine just because of the nature of vaccine testing, but it is underway in other countries. Biopharma is waiting for FDA approval to test TJM2, but AT100, TZLS501, and many others are being tested elsewhere in the world, despite the fact that many of them have been developed in the U.S. We should be first in the world at this, but thanks to our government, we're actually last. This is shameful. to tell you about the eyeglasses I've been wearing for years. As people can see on my videos, I have a very strong prescription, which makes glasses more expensive, especially when I need computer glasses, reading glasses, prescription sunglasses, and most expensively, progressive lenses for general everyday wear. To save money while still getting quality glasses, I get them from Fermu. In fact, I just got a pair of progressives with high-index aspherical lenses and a nice pair of frames my wife loves for just over $100. It would have been $500 to get them through my eye doctor. Not only do they look good, the glasses are durable. I've worn many pairs for several years without problems. All orders come with a 30-day return policy, a 3-month warranty, and one-on-one -on -one customer service. Go to Firmu, that's F-I-R-M-O-O dot Bogosity dot TV anytime you need quality glasses at a low price. Once again, that's Firmu dot Bogosity dot TV. And now it's time to intubate this week's Biggest Bogonimeter. And this week it goes to Facebook for accidentally banning all sorts of news about COVID-19 in the name of blocking so-called fake news. Many of the posts that human beings judge to be valid, and what's the criteria on that, have been restored. But the problem is, how is an algorithm supposed to be able to discern real news from fake to begin with? Facebook released a statement saying in part, quote, we are working closely together on COVID-19 response efforts. We're helping millions of people stay connected while also jointly combating fraud and misinformation about the virus, elevating authoritative content on our platforms, and sharing critical updates in coordination with government healthcare agencies around the world. We invite other companies to join us as we work to keep our communities healthy and safe. It all went completely caca in a single day. It started with a post from lawyer Mike Godwin, and yes, that's the Godwin's Law Mike Godwin, who was sharing a story from the Times of Israel when Facebook marked it as spam and removed it. Others followed, including stories from the BBC, causing Facebook to tweet that it was a bug. It's always been bad, but this time it seems to have gone haywire, probably because of the lack of manpower the pandemic itself has caused, but Facebook keeps avoiding admitting that. The only thing I can find them saying about it is, quote, for both our full-time employees and contract workforce, there is some work that cannot be done from home due to safety, privacy, and legal reasons. But I'm sorry, people. These content moderation systems are broken. You know what? I take that back. They're not broken. Something that's broken was working fine in the past. These never worked. The thing about these machine learning algorithms is they don't actually learn. 
They become better at matching certain patterns, but they don't really learn. They don't actually gain the ability to make wise decisions. Those of you who are worried about AI taking over humanity, don't. That day is a long way away. The only reason it's been working as well as it did, which is still pretty badly, is because of all of the humans who have been able to step in and second-guess the algos. So all of that makes Facebook this week's biggest bogan emitter. Do you have children? Or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling? Or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? If so, go to bogosity.tv slash Tuttletwins and you'll be taken to a website where you can get some great books for elementary age children. The Tuttle Twins books are books about liberty and free market economics that include children's versions of Bastiat's The Law, Leonard Reed's I Pencil, and Hayek's The Road to Serfdom, as well as books about the Federal Reserve and how regulations protect business cronies. They'll learn about the harm caused by eminent domain or regulations passed in the name of safety and fundamental concepts of liberty. And as you can see from the sample pages on the website, they're all easy to read and nicely illustrated. They're just $9.99 a piece, or get a special discount as well as free bonuses when you purchase all five. You can even buy in bulk to donate to schools and local libraries. So get the Tuttle Twins books at bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins. And now let's unplug the respirator of this week's Idiot Extraordinary! And this week it goes to a lot of anti-gunners who have been trying to get guns for their own protection due to the current panic and finding out that they can't due to the very gun control laws they themselves favor. Firearm company Omaha Outdoors has said they've gotten all sorts of requests for mail-order guns, most notably from California. Quote, here at Omaha Outdoors, we've been inundated with inquiries from out-of-state folks, mainly from California, asking if we can ship them a gun directly. The answer is, of course, no. Despite what politicians and many in popular media claim, you can't buy a gun online and have it shipped to your house. Well, you could if you were a federally licensed firearm dealer or a federally licensed curio and relic collector and your home was your place of business. Other than that, no. You can't buy a gun online and have it shipped, especially across state lines, to your home. Now, maybe it isn't actually the anti-gunners themselves who are wanting these, although the fact that most of these requests are from California suggests otherwise, but it does put lie to their claim about how easy it is to get a gun in America, as well as the question of why someone would need to be able to get a gun quickly. The likeliest scenario is that the gun control nut bars have started buying into their own rhetoric about America being a land free of gun control, and they're trying to take advantage of how easy they think it is to get guns. But as the company went on to explain, while you can order a gun from their online store, you'll have to have it sent to a local FFL, a federally licensed firearm dealer, which you can select during checkout. When you pick it up, you'll have to fill out ATF Form 4473 and undergo the federal and state background checks the anti-gunners claim don't exist. You'll also have to wait for the waiting period if your state has one. They wrote, We're not alone in noticing that usually anti-gun people are suddenly very interested in having guns. On Twitter, Robert Evans wrote, 
The sheer number of normally anti-gun people who have reached out to me about buying a firearm in the last week is wild. And my friends who work at other gun stores have seen a crazy surge in gun buying too, with one noting that their one-day sales total exceeded Black Friday by 25%, and that 75% of buyers were purchasing their first gun. He said, in explanation, people need to protect their toilet paper. Another friend noted that the amount of brass case 9 mils they usually sell in a month was gone in the first week, and that everything else would be sold out too if things continued at this pace. Of course, people who now need a gun can't do so with the social distancing government is recommending, and in some cases even requiring. You have to go to the gun dealer to do this. They conclude by saying, I just hope all these new gun owners learn how to safely use their guns, and that they never need them for their intended purpose. I concur, but either way, it's too late to stop these anti-gunners from being named this week's... Idiot Well, that wraps up this Next Time I'll Bring a Can Opener edition of the Gossity Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please keep this podcast going by subscribing and supporting in one of several different ways you can find at donate.bogosity.tv, including PayPal, cryptocurrency, or subscribing at Patreon or Subscribestar to listen early and ad-free. Also, please come to discord.bogosity.tv, where you can join the discussion and post a question, statement, news article, or rant. Thank you for listening. Until next time, here's a quote from George Romero. I'm not even sure the zombies are villains. Humans are where the trouble really lies. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution on Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License. are annoying, but ad blockers prevent publishers from making money. What if you could support your favorite websites, YouTube creators, Twitch streamers, social accounts, and many more ad-free and without paying anything, and even make some money yourself? It's not a pipe dream, it's airtime. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and get the browser extension and you'll earn cryptocurrency for the sites you visit, and so will the publisher. This is not a crypto miner. You and the publisher will both get part of the reward from current miners of the BitTube cryptocurrency, with no middleman taking a cut. Even if the publisher hasn't signed up yet, his tube will be put into a dedicated wallet that he can claim upon sign-up. You can also use your tube to tip publishers and even purchase products. Airtime monetizes users and publishers with no ads or crypto miners. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and start making money now.